Hello, good afternoon, everybody. Welcome back to my channel. Thank you so much for joining. It's wonderful to see so many great people that I've managed to connect to over the last three or four months. I know lockdown has not been easy for anybody. I personally feel like I've made a whole new load of friends thanks to lockdown. I've managed to connect to so many people all over the world that dream of starting a business and have gone from dreaming it to making it happen all in lockdown. So it's been a difficult time for sure, but I think together we're getting through it and I think some good things are, are happening because of it, dare I say. So um, today I'm so honored to have back a previous podcast guest, Carolyn Cowan. She's up to some awesome things as always, helping people think about well-being, reframe things and learn. So she's joining us in just a few seconds, in fact. And then later I've got a wonderful entrepreneur with a wonderful new business. It's gonna tell us all about how he managed to start up during this difficult time. He started this business in June, it's doing really well. So you're gonna be inspired by him. And as always, we're gonna try and help him. So you, me, Carolyn, we're all gonna try and help that entrepreneur at 3.30. So I'm, I'm a minute late today, I hate being late. It's one of those things, personally, I never like being late, so I'm one minute late to broadcast. So let's get straight into it. And, and, and our first guest will join us. Carolyn, great to see you again, how are you? I'm really well, Simon, it's always a pleasure. You're lovely. It's, it's so great. I, I, I listened to your podcast the last time we spoke. Um, when, when I, whenever I have a moment, I'm like, you know what, I'm going to pop that podcast back on and uh, grab your energy for the day. So thank you for that past uh, wonderful download. It's good to have you back. What have you been up to in the last, I think it's been four or five months since we've had you on the podcast. I think it might be longer. I don't think it was in lockdown, but I can't remember. But I mean, I've been, I've been in lockdown. I've been um, full on teaching, you know, full on Zoom, full on working all the way through. I really did not go on furlough. Um, and I've been working, uh, teaching a lot, working a lot, giving away a lot for free, which is something that you and I talked about quite a lot last time. And um, building up you know, an audience of people who are really struggling with anxiety and overwhelm and, of course, all the business loss that people are going through. So a lot of stress. Do you feel like it is a very different time for people from a year ago? Or do you feel like some of the problems are just kind of the same problems, just manifesting in a different way because of present day problems? Oh, it's such a big question. Um, I think it's hard to define one issue for people. There are so many issues. I think there's a lot of... I think there's a lot of financial uncertainty. And I think that if you believe that the universe is a mean and horrible place, then it will be. And for some people, it's ex it's extremely difficult. I really respect how painful and difficult this time has been for a lot of people. But I think also that equally, there are a lot of people who are really rethinking how they do what they do. And they're using it as an opportunity to, to really reframe their offer, reframe, redesign, represent, and even retrain. And I have noticed, actually, something I have noticed is as a therapist, because, as you know, I'm a trauma therapist and working with addiction and anxiety, is as there's this feeling of it drawing in and potentially releasing us out, there's a real push to do some really deep work. That's mm. something I do notice. Mm. Yeah, I, I, I feel I'm on a different uh, side of maybe a similar coin to you, but people are looking at ways to change their lives. Perhaps they're in jobs they don't love. And I do feel like the coronavirus impact on people's lives has given people a chance to reset or reassess what's important. And some yeah. people, are, as you say, going a bit deeper than they would have done otherwise. Because when you're on that treadmill, I guess it's quite hard to, to make adjustments, right? So when the treadmill stops, as it has for everyone for the last four weeks in, in the UK, at least, there is a, a, sometimes a chance to just breathe and, and, and rethink things, right? I think, I think you're right, but I don't view it as being the last few, four weeks. I mean, I'm working in this way and i've been quite uh, still and and i suppose contained since the beginning of lockdown so since march mm. what you're bringing up actually is something really interesting which is um one of the things that used to come in my in my therapy room a lot before lockdown happened was i would do a thing called a pie chart i don't know if we talked about this before where i would help people look at their reality of how their work life was and we'd look at it uh, looking at my hands in the camera, we'd look at it from a 24-hour clock. So I'd do a circle that was 24 hours, and, and I'd be sitting in the room with somebody, and I'd say, so tell me what your 24 hours looks like on a weekday. And they'd say, get up at half past five. Would you, would you eat or would you, have, would you exercise? No, no, no. Then I'd drive straight into work or I'd get the train. 
when would you eat? Um, I'd grab something. Okay. And then you'd be at your office by what? Six, seven international markets, seven o'clock. Okay, fine. So then you'd work all the way. Did you get lunch? Lunch was usually standing or it was grabbed. Okay. So you're doing what? Eight, 10, 12 hour day, generally a 12 hour day. So we're looking at half past five till half past five. Oh God, no, no. I'd be working till eight. That's an 18 hour day. So, so then when did you get supper? Well, I generally grab supper on the way home. Okay, so how long's your journey home? It's that hour again. Okay, so you're traveling again. So then what happens when you get home? Well, generally we bath the kids, put the kids to bed and then go to bed. So that's what your week looks like is eat, sleep and repeat. Mm. So that was a really interesting shock for people when it was kind of um, looked at in that way. It would give people a bit of a, and also, you know, it's then at that point, it's possible to say, you know, I, I have a lot of compassion. There's, that's a that's a really hard life. Mm. And that was that would sort of ease it in a way to be able to recognize that was, a, you know, you're like a hamster on a treadmill. Mm. And then, of course, all this stillness comes and we all sit in our lovely houses with our lovely mortgages or whatever it is we have. And all of a sudden sitting, I found it really interesting to go. I really love my house. I love being in my house. I don't need to keep going out. I can really enjoy my house. But. For a lot of people, it is that thing of thinking, what do I want my life to be? Mm. What do I want my life to look like? I had a, a very funny moment. I thought of you today because I, I don't live in London and I had to go to London, big smoke today. And I had to go to Chelsea and I walked down the King's Road, which is where my practice was before COVID. And a greengrocer's has opened. A greengrocer's has opened in the King's Road, probably for the first time since the 60s. Mm. Interesting. A proper greengrocers right opposite Waitrose. And I thought about the fact that we were doing this podcast and I walked past it and I thought, that is so clever. Mm. That is so clever. That is absolutely needlepoint activating mm. on a need mm. for, for fresh fruit, vegetables. Looks fantastic. Looks beautiful. Everything's unwrapped and shiny. It's so much nicer than walking into a queue in a supermarket. Mm. And I just thought it was a brilliant way of dealing with this reality it's a bit like you know my favorite coffee shop which was right next door you know they've totally reset the place so you can still have the best coffee they've got benches outside and resetting for the mm. needs of the time mm. it's uh yeah it is a fascinating subject because i i am I, when i walk down the high street right now of course you know with, with news like yesterday with big chain stores closing uh you know a huge part of me feels terribly sorry for the people that potentially lose their job. I, you know, I wouldn't wish that on anybody. It's awful. There is, if I'm being honest, a part of me that also says, I like the idea of independent businesses coming back to, to yeah. high streets. I like, I like I, I, I'm, I'm very privileged. I, I, I was poor when I was you know, 15 years old, I was homeless. So, you know, I don't say this lightly. I live in Primrose Hill now, which is a very fancy part of London. And, and, and I, and I, when I walk around and I see all the independent shops around and you get to know the shopkeepers and there's that, a really nice family feeling about it. It's special, yeah. special for the shop owners. It's special for for the customer, me, and and I and I feel like there could be a chance that that could come back. That these big high street brands have pushed up rent so much that anyone who wants to do anything individual, unique, that isn't systemized, this kind of gets squeezed out. So so I'm hopeful because I'm seeing you just mentioned. I see exactly the same. A couple of really nice sh shop businesses. So they're doing health drinks have just opened yeah. up. You know, so these things that people are refocusing in on. You know, what do people actually want? They want to be healthy. Wonderful. Yeah. It's a great thing to realize and then bring to the market. People want fresh fruit. They want to know where it's come from. They want to know how yeah. it got into the supermarket. You know, yeah. and those are wonderful changes that are coming. The green shoots of almost like the disaster that's happening right now. Yeah, absolutely. I think it's important. Just here where I live, which is outside Croydon, there's a market that's opened up twice a week. And there's a woman that sells flowers. And they're fantastic flowers. And she sells out within an hour. Because everyone wants fantastic. What else is there to buy apart from candles right. and flowers? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean, one part of me, the old world, you know, again, always very conscious that it's it's easy to say, but you know, I think the old world, in some respects, uh, needed to get broken. It's people, people got plugged into a machine, and you know, it's it's not a life when you're like you're talking about five thirty, not even taking the time to have breakfast. I mean. What a privilege if you can actually have breakfast. Why waste that? You know, enjoy that moment, even if it's 20 minutes. Just sit and enjoy your breakfast. But I've been there, so I can also relate. And I, you know, I know you've also been there. You, you've had a busy life. You know, it's, it's oh, I wouldn't go back to what I was doing before. I wouldn't go back to those hours. I wouldn't go back to. I was so pressured. I wouldn't go back to that. Hmm. 
That's interesting. I, I take for me, I, I I find myself. I had that habit. I broke it. Um, I had three years. The last three years where I haven't worked like that. But there is a part of me that accidentally wants to go back to that old addiction. You know, it is an addiction, right? It, I, I kind of I find myself a bit like if I eat chocolate, I eat, eat the whole bar or nothing at all. There's some system that gets built into your mind. If I'm working, like I'm going to wake work 18 hours a day, or I don't work. But learning to manage, retrain yourself. I do right. think of addiction is really difficult. For a lot of people, it's really difficult. It's easy to slip back into the old routine as soon as the shop's open, the trains are working again, the office is open. It's so easy just to forget that you were working on yourself and go back to the old world, don't you think? I think there's a longing for the old world. I think there's a longing to be able to get on. You know, I've had like five invitations to teach in Bali since this all lockdown, you know, since this whole thing happened. I mean, I've actually made a promise not to fly. Um, I want to be able to take a train or take a boat wherever I want to go, not a cruise boat. But um, I mean, you're bringing addiction in. And when I think about, when I think about, I suppose if I think about adulting, if I think about addiction, I think about a child state. Mm. Does that make sense? I don't mean to be remotely offending to your adultness, but you know, no. if you can't regulate, if you can't take care of yourself, if you can't actually stop for breakfast, if, you know, I've been there, I've worked in the film industry, I've been almost bankrupt for years. We've talked about all this stuff before and I would work like absolutely crazy. And now I don't, I mean, honestly, I don't, but, but I think it is about learning it's about learning self-care. It's about learning. It is about learning self-care, but it's that's easy when you're self-employed. But when you're working for someone else, it's actually a really hard thing to put in place because you're set up to compete with everybody else. And therefore, you've got to do the hours everyone else is doing because otherwise you're not pulling your weight and you're not a team player. Mm -hmm. So when you and I talk about setting up your own business, I think self-care would be page one for me. You know, it's making sure that I d one of the things I don't know if we've spoken about this before, but I've always felt that if you if you walk into a sh if you walk into a business like a big business, you get a real sense of the person that owns the business from how the staff behave. Mm. And if they're really shitty and unkind, you can kind of think, isn't that interesting? They obviously work for someone who's a bit shitty and unkind. Mm. And if they're nice and they're kind and they're thoughtful, then you can think that's interesting. I should think their boss is quite an interesting person because the staff make an effort and they care and mm. I think that in in setting up your own small business I think it's really important to pay attention to self-care to pay attention to making sure you get breaks so that you can think and project and plan I mean I my diary I won't get my diary out and show you but you know I'm working on the end of 2021 in my diary mm. I'm you know I'm but fully booked in my diary until the end of until the end of 2021 you know my next big course is february my next big course after that will be october my diary i always almost have nothing left that i can put in for the rest of this year so i have to have time to be able to do that i have to be able to have, to have time to support that and think about that and create that so i can't only be wearing myself out in the day for the day does that make sense it does make sense yeah well when did that change come for you uh, what you know I, I think for a lot of people they do have this habit that they've got whether it's a good habit or bad habit they've got habits but when when you see that you're working too much and it's not healthy you're not doing enough self-care which i completely agree with that whole philosophy when, where, where does the switch come what was it for you and, and and what how do people stay on task how do they stay continuing to self-care for themselves um i think for me it was at a point where i was uh, i'd been skirting flirting with bankruptcy for many, many years and literally living hand to mouth with a huge amount of debt. Early on, I'd invested in a lot of property and then I hadn't paid attention to paying the taxes. So I'd had to sell off the property to cover, you know, the next property I had. I, I was investing in property in the 80s, in the 90s, when it was uh, 65 grand for a flat in South London, which would now be worth 300, you know. And then so I ended up with 10 flats and then I ended up with 800,000 pounds worth of mortgages, which were easily covered by the rent, but then I didn't have quite enough money to live the life I wanted, you know, blah, 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 blah. So then I sold a flat, but I didn't keep the tax. And then eventually I ended up with uncontrollable debt and credit card debt, and then flirting with bankruptcy. And then I remember sitting down with a businessman who looked at what I was doing and he said, you're insane because you're just living on credit and you're living on debt and you're living on risk. So now we go back to addiction. To live on the debt and the credit is to live on risk for me. 
And I could never do that again. So I then worked to clear all of it to back to zero. And then everything I built was based on only doing it because I had the money. And I'm not actually a fan of selling assets off to um, or selling share. I'm not a fan of letting somebody else have a particular aspect of what I'm doing, you know, bringing other people in. I'd rather build it up myself because mm. then I'm not responsible to anyone and then I'm not working for anyone else. What I'm doing is I'm working for myself. Mm. But I'm also a one-person band. You know, I'm, I do what I do. I'm not running anymore. I have run a company where I've had employees. I would never do that again. So. Mm. I look at it from a one-person perspective. In a way, I, I, I frame what you're saying as getting to know who you are and what you, what your, I guess, what your risk appetite is, what your boundaries are, and yeah. respecting those boundaries, and then living within those within those means, right? I mean, it's funny because I, I, I've built up a massive following on TikTok recently, and a, and a lot of young people. What are, on. are you doing? Funny films. Well, no, not really. I'm just being myself, and it seems to be working. I don't know why. Uh, but but um, I'm, I'm 180,000 followers on, on TikTok at the moment. What I've noticed um, about it is that a lot of young people on there are kind of all about buying property. Um, you know, that's the way to get rich. Uh, kind of dropshipping is another thing. But basically, get rich money schemes, all based actually on debt. No, no. So, so I feel like I, I keep saying, you know, one of my most unpopular TikToks is telling people not to get a mortgage when they're young yeah. and to figure out who they are first, you know, yeah. and figure, you know, something they can enjoy doing every day before they get themselves stuck into a system. Um, but I'm so unpopular, you know, from, from all the people in the property industry that are on it, kind of saying, no, 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 that's how you build wealth. So I, I love your story because I think it's very authentic. And I think people need to hear the truth about, you know, it, it may work. For some people, it may work. A bit like you were saying about business owners. I, I worked for a guy that owned a healthy drinks company. I, I was an agent. I had an agency in China. He had a healthy drinks company and it failed in China. And he wondered why, because the product was out of Australia. And I told him it's because he's unhealthy. You know, when you walk in his stores, it's a reflection. He was all about the money. He wasn't really about the drinks. Exactly. Yeah. So, you know, when you talk about these things and, and I think people don't know themselves and then they get into a health drinks business because they think they can make money. They wonder why the business doesn't work. It's because they didn't care about people being healthy and they weren't here for healthy themselves. It's, I think the same thing you're talking about. about if you're going to be your own boss, a lot of my listeners want to be their own boss. You've got to know who you are as well. Right. You've, you've clearly done it all. You know, you've, you've done the property play. You've had employees, you know, and then you've come full circle to realizing that, you know, you you're happy to be self-employed, still like to help people at scale, which is what you do, but equally, you, you know, you, you're willing to keep a limit on it. I think you, you told me last time in the podcast before, which I love, just the 1,000 true fans. Oh, that's fantastic, isn't it? Well, yeah, absolutely. The, the whole PDF, there's a downloadable PDF, which is, yes, and it's starting by scaling up from that, working out what you want to earn and then working out what it's going to cost you to earn that. So then you've got to then you've got to get enough people who are interested to pay for it. Yes. But then I also think, you know, I'm going to fold back into that moment where you brought addiction in, because to have a huge amount of debt is to have a huge amount of risk and a high risk portfolio is gambling. Mm. And it's gambling with interest rates. It's also gambling with stress because the stress, I think that the stress makes you make bad decisions. Mm. But I think that that's, that's something that young men particularly will argue about because it's very exciting. It's testosterone, you know, to be seen to be wealthy, to be seen to be taking risks. It's seen to be being, it's bravura, it's the stock market, it's the financial markets, it's, it's kind of cool. But also, I think long term, there's no real pleasure because actually you just end up on a treadmill of risk. How do you translate that into, you know, I, 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 when I'm speaking to young people and trying to tell them what you've just said, I find that the system, you know, the Instagram feed of people driving Lamborghinis and, you know, going on holiday in Bali, you know, these things look so glamorous. People, you tell them, look, those aren't important, but when they don't have them, they think they are. Is there any way to explain it to young people that might be listening now on TikTok and so on? You know, why why it's not important? How can we translate it? Because I know it's true. You know it's true, but we could be too... Uh, you know, older than them types that are, are not, you know, not connecting because they say, they say, well, it's all right for you. You've already got it sort of thing. Um, how do you make people? I, I think I think that it's I think it's understanding. It's understanding two very different realities. So one reality is if, if you're living on risk and if you're living on debt and if you're living on anxiety, 
the worst kind of insecurity is financial insecurity. It makes you a shitty person. Mm -hmm. Anxiety makes you a shitty person. So therefore, you've you've got all this huge debt. You've bought the flashy car. You can go on the fantastic holiday, but essentially you're anxious, you're anxious and you're shitty and you're unpleasant to be with. And you're probably blowing it all up your nose on some unpleasant powder that somebody tells you is something. But it's just, you know, whatever the medical codeine or whatever it is. Well, what the TV here. We're, we're, we're afternoon TV, so no, 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 no. I know. So, so I, that is, that is one reality, which is that it is it's it's well, it's fake. It's a fake reality. That's an oxymoron, but it doesn't exist. You know, if you're living on debt, it's borrowed. I mean, it's borrowed time. It's a borrowed illusion. It's a borrowed identity. It doesn't actually exist. So, there's an undercurrent always in it that's based in shame. I mean, Trump being the perfect example. You know, it's it's emerged that he's got all this debt. It's emerged that he's got all these lawsuits against him. It's, you know, blah, blah, blah. It's a fake identity. So it makes a, a fake and kind of an, un, you know, it's not a real person. It's somebody who's moving through the world with a generosity that isn't actually theirs. So I think there's a whole different relationship to creating structure based on what you actually know and experience and believe and have done and own and are. Mm. And and that that isn't necessarily quick, so I think that one of the things at the moment is this quick fix. You know, I mean, I remember when I was working as a therapist. You know, five years ago, it was the famous thing was that the attention span was five minutes. Mm. And that was insane. Now it's fifty five seconds. Well, like fifteen seconds on TikTok, we have. We have <laughs> You know, everything is now. I want it now. I want it now and I want it bigger. And instant gratification isn't quick enough because Amazon said they'd deliver it tonight and they bloody didn't. No, I know. <laughs> it's just like, <laughs> and that's hard. How do you persuade somebody that, you know, if you wait for it, it's going to be very different? But hey, that's okay. I, I, I couldn't agree more. I um, what if people want listening want to uh, know more about you? Of course, I put links in the broadcast down below and any of the channels people might be listening to today. But I know you've got some stuff going on in January. Tell tell the listeners what you're up to. Ah, well, I specialize in working with um, anxiety and addiction and uh, tall dark histories, which is a euphemism for trauma. I'm so bored of the word trauma, especially in COVID. It's a bit. Mm-hmm bit much used so tall dark history and um, there's been a lot of issues for people in uh, COVID around addiction and um, self-harming behaviors I mean slightly point is having an eating disorder if you're locked at home but it doesn't stop anybody mm. so there's a lot of suffering out there and um, so I have um, asked various colleagues who are excellent yoga teachers psychotherapists pranayama teachers and fabulous people to join me and we're setting up we have set up a website called thislifedivine.com. So for me, thislifedivine.com is recovery. So it's a three-day event on the 2nd, 3rd, and 4th of January, and it's supporting transformation, basically. A lot of people make New Year's resolutions to do things differently. And if, if, if you're wanting to change anything in the realms of anxiety and addiction, then this three-day event is aimed at supporting you in that. So you make your New Year's resolutions on the first, you join all of us on the second, third and fourth, and we look at the roots of addiction and anxiety. We look at tools, how you use posture and breath to change how you feel in a positive way, and then huge amounts of tools moving forward. Particularly my favorite thing, which is gratitude, which is something we talked about, we've talked about before, that power of what are you telling the universe? Mm. So just before we came on, you told me you were crap at technology. And I said, don't say that. Mm. And it made you laugh. Because <laughs> you tell the universe and the universe goes, no problem, we can do that. You're crap at technology. You're always in debt. No problem, we can do that. You're crap with money. No problem, we can do that. It's funny because I tell people the exact same thing. People tell me, oh, I'm, I, can't, I, I don't know business. I'm like, you do know business. Start saying that and you'll know it. But I can't start a business on my own. No, you can. So when you yeah. said that off, off, off camera before we went live, I was like, I am, um, you know, you're like a better version of me. It's no, awesome. it's not true. I'm a different version. Anyway, it's so lovely to be so. Yeah. yeah. Well, I'm. I, I'm going to be there. I love it. I, I love this whole thing. You mentioned it last time as well in the podcast. But I, I actually really think it's useful. Is 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 breathing? People forget how they're breathing. That whole concept really fascinates me. And mm. uh, and and you don't realize you might be stressed in part because you're just not breathing right. Right. I mean, I, even now I'm sitting a bit slumped. I'm like, 
She just mentioned breathing. It's a very good point. Let's all sit up straight and just, you know, be aware of our breath for a minute, right? It's, it's stuff. Yeah, but you can use the breath to change how you feel in a nanosecond. I mean, mm. you can change how you feel in a minute with the breath. And you can go from feeling, oh, I feel a bit meh. You do this one, you know, you do a particular kind of breath. And within a minute, you're just going, oh, okay, now I could do any anything. Yeah, yeah, that's so true. That's so true. But well, it's interesting that goes back to what we were talking about, about those two states, one being in a fake reality that's based on debt and the other one which is being landed and present and it's actually real. And the breath takes you back into landed and it's actually real. Mm. I mean, the debt thing, we have to get you on TikTok, by the way. I, I, uh, maybe we should do a, a collab on TikTok. It, that, I think that I, I'm finding this debt conversation to be a really another big thing that um, young people need to be educated about. And, and, you know, even frankly, even older people, I mean, but a lot of people on TikTok are being told that money is cheap right now and that, you know, leverage people on there telling people to to borrow because money's cheap. And I'm saying, well, you know, the people that are lending you that money, they they're not stupid. If the money was cheap, they'd be leveraging it. You know, they'd and they're get, leveraging it at 27 percent, some of them, 29 percent. Well, this is what I mean. And it's to me, it's a bit of a gateway drug that sometimes would be like, you know, oh, get it. Yeah, yeah. So I'm, I'm, I'm probably stealing that from you, but to me, you know, it, 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 I, I'm worried for for young people who see debt as a way of building wealth instead of doing what you said at the beginning, which I could not agree more with, which is you know live within your means. It, it's it's actually a lot more pleasurable long term. You make decisions based on rational things as opposed to like having to make money to feed the debt machine you've built, right? And and so you know if you can stay in that state of making decisions based on what you can afford, you actually end up enjoying your day to day, which I think has got completely overlooked in the entrepreneurial journey and the business journey. That that is actually success, right? If you enjoy your day to day, to me, that's success. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. I agree. I know, I know you do. I know you do enjoy your enjoy your day. Well, look, uh, again, we'll put the links uh, below in all the different broadcast channels people are listening to this on now um, so uh, that they can hear uh, or connect to you about this event you've got in January. Um, I'd like to join, so I'll be there. And um, we've, we've got another guest coming on now uh, that we're going to try and help, uh, Aman, who's got a startup. Uh, he started in, in June, I believe. So we're going to bring him on and hear his story. Hey, Aman, how are you doing? Hi, Simon. And hi, Carolyn. Hi, yeah, I'm good, thanks. How are you guys doing today? Yeah, good. Thank you very much. It's, uh, <laughs> it's great to have you here. And, and please tell the audience a little bit about what you're doing with your startup and, and how we might be able to help you. Yeah, of course. So as you said earlier, so it's a pretty fairly new startup. So we launched in June of this year in the middle of this whole, you know, um, coronavirus and everything which is uh, um, going on at the moment. So what we do is, so we, um, so we develop, produce and we sell delicious, tasty, calorie-free products. And we launched with food, so we launched with four pro products at the moment, which are sauces and syrups. And they are free from calorie and they're free from sugar and they taste brilliant as well. So it has great benefits as well for all of our customers and our fans and our followers, which we have online. And on top of being a brand which sells products, great tasting products, I have a vision to be a brand which helps the community and the society in a um, um, positive way to make a very big positive impact to the world. For example, as we grow and we move into a, um, um, into a warehouse, hopefully in the near short term future, we'd be hiring some warehouse staff. And I would like to use that as a platform or an opportunity to get individuals, for example, homeless people into jobs to get them back on their two feet. And if I can help an individual I would hope they could go out and they could help um, um, another individual as well, in a way, a chain effect. And yeah, that's what I'm doing at the moment with Wolf Stakes. Wonderful, man. I love, I love, I love to hear um, kind of the longer vision where you're looking at ways to give back like that. It's really um, inspirational, and I think for a lot of my people listening who are looking to start businesses, they 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 could they could learn from you on that. Maybe tell us a little bit about how you um how you got this idea and, and and what your story is personally how you ended up here yeah of course so now I'm 25 years old and I would say I've been trying to well I enjoy creating things for, from the age of around 
15, 16 years old. So I started off creating a gaming server. I know it's nothing to do with business, but that's where I realized that I have a passion for creating things. And that was a gaming server where I created a small community online. And again, that's where the community passion ties in. And then I went to university. So my background is purely in accounting and finance. I'm a chartered accountant as well, by trade, you can say. And I went to university. That's where I started the well business journey. So I started a few brands here and there. There were drop shipping brands. Um, a lot of failures, a lot of successes as well. So I learned a lot from that. And fast forward, I graduated, became a chartered accountant. And here we are today um, talking about Wolfsthetics. And I have a big passion within fitness and within the food industry as well. So I thought, let me combine those two industries into one and create Wolfsthetics, which is a product or many products in the future, which um, is, a, is attractive to the fitness industry, but which competes within the food and beverage industry as well. How so, do you spell your product? Say that again, Carolyn. How do you spell your product? I'll How do you so, what's your brand name? How do you, it's W-O-L-F. Ah, okay. Links, links down below, but I'm going to put it on. Yeah, of course. Yeah, go ahead. So yeah, W-O-L-F, and so it's the wolf. And, and so the brand name, it is two words um, tied into one brand name, so Wolfsthetics. So it's the wolf. So I would like the brand to take inspiration from qualities which are surrounded by the animal, such as being a leader. So inspiring our customers and to influence people to take charge of their own life in a positive way. And in aesthetic, in the sense of living a aesthetic lifestyle where people are happy about every single action which they do. So again, making a positive change to an individual's life. And that's from a branding point of view, that's what I inspire to do. And tell us a little bit about how um, you decided to start something up during, I guess it's quite a difficult time. Uh, Carolyn and I were talking about this just a moment ago about how we're, we're, we're excited to see, frankly, people that are starting businesses that are you know, right for now. How did you come up with this idea and why now launch it? So from a fitness point of view, so I was meant to compete in a bodybuilding show this year, which was meant to happen in June. Of course, that got cancelled. And um, from a diet point of view, I was eating food which had no flavor at all. And I found it hard to consume six, seven meals per day. And I really needed something to add some flavor, but without adding calories to it. So I thought being having that business mindset to launch a brand which enables products which I can use myself and which I know a lot of people can also benefit from as well. And I also saw the big opportunity that there was within the market because I'm seeing the market trends are, they are growing towards calorie free and in, in general free from products. So even with the bigger retailers, there's trends where they're bringing in all these different types of new products and these brands which are either free from sugar or they're low in carbs. And from a B2C point of view online, it is a growing market as well, which is proven by our main competitor, which I won't say any names. I don't want to get into trouble or anything. So I just thought the timing, from a timing point of view, it's the perfect time to get into it. Sorry, still uh, running from home today. My, my little dog just decided to bark at the postman. Sorry for that. <laughs> no, that's no problem. Tell us a little bit about um, what, what, what we can do to help you. What, what's, um, what, what things are stopping you moving forward? Anything we can do to help you? So let me start off by talking a little bit of, um, about our traction at the moment. So we have been able to push out just over 600 bottles, which isn't too bad for a startup, considering the amount of funding that has gone into it as well at this stage. So... I have a few topics, so I do hope I have enough time. But with the first one being, it is from a funding point of view, 
Um, and getting that cash in, it would really help in terms of the marketing, product development, and the brand exposure. So I've been exploring a few different options, but again, ha not having experience on doing funding before, I'm a little bit lost on which route to take. So I've been looking into getting angel, um, um, uh, angel investors on board, crowdfunding, or do a Kickstarter campaign. So mm -hmm. I'd hope you'd be able to provide some good advice on yeah. which direction I should take it. I'm reading Carolyn's mind. I'm going to say, don't say that you don't know how to raise money. Um, you're, you're, you're a chartered accountant. You know money. Yeah. Absolutely no money. Um, and you know how money works, right? You know that money often isn't even real. Yeah. You know it because you see how cash flow works, right? So sometimes people are yeah. really poor and don't even know it because of cash flow. Or they think they're rich or they think they're poor based on cash flow. Money isn't really real, right? So so when you yeah, say how to raise money, you know more than most because most are not chartered accountants, okay? And that is a big yeah. plus when it comes to understanding how money works. I think in your business that managing cash flow and living on the cash flow can be a great way to grow a business. I am an angel investor, so I can say this. Having an investor is not always the best answer. It is a form of debt. Mm -hmm. Don't isn't right because if i lend you money then i expect something in return from you that might not be aligned with what you want to give me mm -hmm. so so keep that in mind when when looking for investors however it's very common now to to want an investor and and have an investor for your business to grow but carolyn maybe you could talk quickly about debt and your view on this for a moment um, I, I mean, I think that with with what you're talking about i'm interested in what's your cultural background are you allowed to tell me that are you from yeah, a community? Um, community? Um, I'm a Sikh. So, <laughs> so my parents, they came to the UK from India. So from north of India in the 80s. And yeah, yeah. that's my and background. Where, where, where do you from. live in London, in England, somewhere? Um, so I live, I live in Berkshire, about an hour and a half to two hours away from London. In a, um, so a city called Bracknell. Not sure if you've heard of it. Or yeah, not. yeah, of course I have. Because look at the name yeah. Wolf's Aesthetics, which is a great name, and it yeah. makes me think about Wolf Pack. It makes me think about packs. It makes me think about perhaps culturally accumulating uh, a group of people behind you who support, or even going into your sports arena and finding people who would come behind you not necessarily generating huge amounts of debt but huge amounts of support or setting up something that isn't necessarily based on you having financial debt to other people but actually creating um a brand that is to do with maybe either a cultural background or an interest in the sports background or something because i know for a fact that actually the sikhs are the biggest um they're the biggest donators to charity in the world they, they donate most of all religious practices to the in the world but um, the communities can be very, very big and very, very supportive of action and changing. So it makes me think of doing things like that rather than potentially going into random debt. Mm. What's your yeah. thought? I agree with that. And what, what it makes me think is um, I, I definitely think a crowdfunding campaign could be a good idea for you. I guess um, you just got to be careful how you do it. Of course, um, there's equity crowdfunding, which I do think is a form of debt. But I, I just interviewed Jeff Lynn, who's the founder of Cedars. They're the most active uh, early stage investor in, in Europe and a very nice person. And I think, you know, there's, there's definitely options there. But just getting the right sort of investor. You need to know who, who's in your pack, you know, to use Carolyn's an analogy. Very, very important to make sure you don't get um, the wrong type of wolf. Because when I hear wolf, I think two types of wolves for some reason. Mm. Uh, you know, I, I think of the friendly one that will sleep with you by the fire and, and, and look after you, and then there'll be the wolf that will eat you when you're asleep. So you know, um, it's it's just it's just keeping an eye. I, I had this vision in my head that popped in, which was like, um, and this is partly because Carolyn's inspiring me always. But it's kind of one one thousand. You know, let's say people buy your product and they buy your product for one thousand years. So in other words, they're not going to live to a hundred; they're going to live to a thousand which is possible, I think, with what's coming down the pipe in technology-wise. But let's say, you know, you get people that are going to buy your product every week or month for a 1,000 years, and that's the investment. You know, and, and if the, uh, the product is 50p and it's, you know, it's every year, maybe that adds up being £10,000 that you need to grow your business. But it's not debt. You're investing in them opening up their mind, and you're investing in a whole new way of thinking that is not about you, know, you selling a product. 
I also think the homelessness thing. I don't know. I don't know why you you bring that piece in as important to you. I, I'm actually working on a project right now where I'm trying to get a property agent to change their model and bring some soul to it. So when they sell a property, all the profit after they pay people properly goes to solving the homelessness crisis. I think that will bring soul to the homeless industry, where it's all about transactions, just buying and selling houses and everyone making money off it. What if every time that happened, that money went into helping people with mental health, which is a big reason why there's homelessness. Um, you know, it's not because they don't have a home, but using homes as a way of symbolizing solving that problem. So just out of interest, why did you pick homelessness as one of the things in your warehouse model? So, of course, that, that is a big issue. It is an issue that is not getting any better, especially within central London as well. There's a lot of people going on this, uh, um, um, just on the streets, and it's, especially during this year as well, with a lot of people going out of jobs, it is making it very difficult. So being able to help a homeless person who I would assume would not have a job, um, a place to live, or a roof under their head, getting them into a job, it would help them kickstart their career. Mm. And yeah, I get it. It's they would appreciate it. I guess, sorry, I'm only, I don't want to interrupt you, but I just want to make sure I, I give you knowledge that may or may not be useful in the time we've got. Um, but one thing, um, no, I, I care about the homelessness crisis because I was homeless for five days, right? How, does it link to something okay. personal for you? And, and, when, and when you don't know it, sometimes, you know, a lot of the problem with homeless people, because I've, I've been involved in this movement a bit, you know, it, it's to do with addiction. It's got not, you know, not a job is not the problem. They could get a job, but they can't yeah. hold the job, right? So anyway, I'm, I'm only saying that is this something that's personally touched your life? And partly I'm saying that because it links back to this wolf pack idea, you know, like, yeah. If you can rally a group of people that care about the same issues as you, back to what Carolyn was just saying about the Sikh community, then investing in you, because in, eventually you're going to be solving the homelessness crisis. That it is interesting as well. There's something I want to bring in. I know where you, I kind of get an idea where you're going, because to solve homelessness is a monster. But if you took a step before, which is to work with people not having enough to eat, mm. your community is most famous for Langar. I know that the Amritsar, um, Gurudwara on a quiet day feeds 10,000 people. And the Langar is the most extraordinary, the, the Sikh principle of uh, feeding other people is the most extraordinary way of, you know, in a way of, uh, I mean, um, how I was always taught was that it was for burning your, uh, burning your karma, to serve food to someone else. So actually you've got this, it's this fantastic thing where you've got a food product, you've got your cultural background and you've got this massive crisis of food banks and not enough food to feed the homeless people, which is the beginning of getting people safe. I'm a big fan of going a bit easier in terms of solving a problem. Mm. I interrupted you, Simon, but I- No, I, 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 I agree with you. I think, you know, so that's why I'm asking why why that problem and, and, and you know, frankly, I think sometimes people think, oh, I'll, I'll make the business work and then I'll go and solve this big problem, which is amazing, by the way. But I think you can bring it in earlier if you break it into something smaller, to Carolyn's point. If you're going to move a mountain like that, you know, what's the first rock? And feeding people linked to food makes a lot of sense, you know. And, and so um, and I know the Salvation Army are, are desperate right now for help on that front. Um, but yeah, I don't know, you know, if it's if it's resonating what we're we're sharing with you. But I'm trying to kind of bundle it all together. But you know, you, you want to raise money. It sounds like originally we're talking about that. But in a way to raise money, I think you need a purpose. What is the purpose and why? How does that link back to you? And if you can then link it to your community, then I don't think money will be a problem. I think executing the problem you're trying to solving the problem you're trying to solve will be the, the difficult bit. Definitely. Yeah. What so. Do you think what we're saying, Aman, what, what is it? Does it resonate with you? Or do you just think, oh, what do they know? No, it does. Of course it does. So, <laughs> so growing up myself, I come from a family which isn't, it's grown up in poverty in a way. So my dad's a cab driver. Well, now he's a cab driver. But when they first came here to the UK, growing up was a bit difficult. Um, staying in like a room so I have always had a roof above my head but it has been difficult and seeing my parents put the hustle in constantly working nearly 24 7 multiple jobs I'd like to be able to give people that opportunity to how do I put this into words to really have that opportunity to you know 
get hold of their lives. So whether it's um, if it's addiction, you know, tackle those the root causes to why they're in the problem in the first place. If that makes sense. Yeah, I think I think you're evolving. You know, you're evolving your story. I think that's reasonable. You're discovering what your business story is. But I, what I'm saying in part is try to link it back to something that's personal to you. And, and like Carolyn said, I don't think it needs to be necessarily at the early step. Anyway, solving homelessness, giving a homeless person a job. There's a coffee yeah. shop um, that I love, a coffee shop chain that does this. They give a, um, actually they give people that come out of prison um, a job in the coffee shop to help them rehabilitate back into the system. And they actually raised money uh, based on, on that was their business. It wasn't selling coffee. You, you see what I mean? Yeah, About, um, they've got a purpose on onto why they're doing it. Yeah, but the guy behind the coffee shop came out of prison and couldn't get a job. Mm. You understand what I mean? Like you have to root yeah. it in, 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 in something authentic. And, and it's bite-sized. It's actually bite-sized. Yeah, it's bite-sized. You build it, you build it. Yeah. Yeah. And, and you know, and, and warehouse. I mean, I don't like the sound of warehouse because it always makes me think of Amazon. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> they've had about treating people badly in, in warehouse. Yeah. Be very careful. You know, it doesn't look like you're just trying to get cheap labour in your warehouse. <laughs> so, no, no, of course not. Of course um, not. But I can tell you're a very sincere person and, and authentic. I get. I guess sometimes just crafting that story so it, it does. And your story, you're telling me there about your parents. That that really start. That touches me. That starts. I I start to really feel the emotion of that. And you know, and maybe it's it's giving uh, it, it's something. It could be something smaller, like Carolyn said. And, and, and smaller doesn't mean not as important, but it, it could be like helping underprivileged kids. You know, a million kids are going to parents want to cancel Christmas for a million kids this year because mm -hmm. they can't afford to give them a Christmas those kids would expect, right? And and I think over a million kids are, are kind of classed as homeless because they're living in accommodation that isn't theirs. You know? Mm. Yeah. So I don't know. There's something. There's something in that uh, that would resonate back to your past and your history, where you've grown up in a very tight family. It's worked very hard to to get the basics and life sorted, to give you the education you've now got, to give you this chance to go out and do something absolutely amazing with with you know with your with your future. And, and so you know something around that could be just as important um, as as solving homelessness. Yeah, definitely. Like it doesn't matter. It can be anything but if it helps even even the smallest it is a lot for me like you know giving back yeah just giving back in general and whether it's feeding food or giving a hot warm dinner or a christmas present to a kid that would not have had one mm. it is a lot and of course they would appreciate that and hopefully they would do the same as well to people they would know given that domino effect Again, I'm going to read Carolyn's mind. I mean, she can correct me on this because I don't want to say I know her, her mind. But this is one thing that pops into my mind when you talk about this. You've got to fill your own bucket first. Okay. Yeah. Just make sure that you get your own platform right that feels right for you before you start giving too much too early because you, you won't be sustainable. Okay. So just keep that in mind when I can tell you've got a good heart, but your business model must, must work. Now, when you say you're looking to raise money, why do you need to raise money? What is the money actually for? Because sometimes people, to be honest, raise money and they don't need it. But, but I'm trying to understand what you'd spend the money on. So, first of all, it'll be purely, well, um, it'll be on the products to get in, to increase the range, because at the, at the moment, we only have two sources and two syrups, and they are selling well. And I would like to bring in um, just more flavors, and more product, um, just a bigger product range. Mm. It would go into marketing to get that brand awareness, to increase those sales and to grow the business and to go into the branding as well of things and to get on, well, and to bring on people that are experts within what they do. For example, uh, business development or sales, um, the marketing side and the social media side as well. Okay, so just on that front, um, you can bring people on as partners in the business to do those things. So what I've done to fund businesses, instead of just finding some obscure angel investor that's gonna give me money and his debt, uh, why don't you look, right now there's so many talented people looking for a job, it's mind blowing. 
I mean, we get, I'm telling you, probably listening to that, we can send, we, got, we get so many people every single day contacting us and they're mind-blowingly talented people that can't find a job and they normally would, right? So you could bring them in as co-founders and, you know, it's not about cost. They're probably looking for a job. So three or four months, they can help you. No salary, maybe, and you give them some equity in the business. It's not debt. They then feel ownership. So some of those roles, you're thinking of raising money from someone that's just money, you know, maybe instead, you, you know, you get a wolf in who, who's actually aligned to your, your needs, you know, and you reduce your need for cap, cash debt by having those types of people involved, right? Yeah. And by the way, Caroline, I never gave you a chance to rebuttal on this fill your own bucket thing. What, what do you think of my point there? Um, I think that if you build a solid if you build a solid product, you could very, very quickly attach an enormous amount of generosity to it. But the art is, as, as Simon says, is build, fill your bucket first. Make sure that you've got something that's solid. You know, you've got you've got your food chain working, you've got your supply chain working, you've got your name, and you've got everything is happening. You know where you're selling, and then from there, start to build the brand with, that now has that generosity attached to it. So I, I do agree with Simon. Don't look for everybody, don't look out to everyone else until you know that you're standing on a secure ground. Mm. So to come in with this expectation that you're going to be helping everybody else, you, you're not going to have anything left. You've got to make sure, first of all, you're strong and then you've got something to give from, mm. I feel, because otherwise you're just going to be taken. Yeah. Yeah, and we, we, we talk about free a lot, Caroline and I, in previous podcasts. Mm -hmm. I mean, I, I'm giving people help for free. I tell you, it's a full-time job. You know, once you start giving and you say to people, hey, I'm here to help you, there's a lot of people that come your way. Uh, and, and you can get overwhelmed if you don't have infrastructure to handle it. And it is expensive, you know. So to just yeah. make sure, I love the fact, I, I wasn't thinking like you at 25. I don't know about you, Caroline. I, I was thinking total selfishness at 25. Mm -hmm like build a business for myself and make money you know i i never had your awareness at 25 so i admire you you know your parents deserve credit um you know incredible awareness but just don't let that awareness overwhelm you too quickly mm. uh, and get yourself you know you get your foundation right i think one thing good about being selfish when i was younger is it gave me a chance to get my foundation right and luckily i woke up uh, as i got older and realized it wasn't all about me but you know you're, you're already there you're already awake but just, just you know, just hold it back a little bit because mm. general generosity may mean that you you end up you know having a very tough time getting your business working because you're you're looking to give too quickly. Yeah, great tips. I'll definitely take them on board. On a practical side, there is a website called Angel List. Do you know it? Yes, I do. Okay, so I, I think I have seen your name on there as well. Yeah, yeah. Well, you know, uh, I'm not going to brag. I'm definitely one of the most active angel investors on the platform. <laughs> But you, you. Uh, so I did just brag, didn't I? I'm not going to brag, then I brag. But you um, go on that platform, list yourself uh, on there, and then you can see who is investing in your types of businesses. Okay, and 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 there's plenty of uh, good people that are. Just please be be aware that there is a form of debt. Okay, because they give you cash, it doesn't make your life easier. Yeah. It, it can cause a whole yeah. new series of of issues. So you know, have the term sheets important. Your vision for the business. So, for example, if you know, and this is kind of going back on what we just said, but if you say later I want a large chunk of my profit to go to helping the homeless, do you, you have profit? Profit? Or, yeah, because yeah, that investor will be like, oh no, hold on a minute, I, I need my money out. You know, I I I got to pay my mortgage. Um, so you know, you just you just got to keep an eye on that. But but um, I think Kickstarter will probably work for you, but I would fine tune your messaging a bit personally for you, align it, and and then and then put that out there as what your long-term goals are that will get you um the wolf pack uh, uh element i think um and yeah so so the, the, on the funding that's the few things i can think of have you got a deck for funding done um yes i do so i did um uh so i sent it to talia i believe so a uh pitch deck okay which has, yeah, some more information i will take a look at that and give you some feedback but my you know awesome. i do think um, you know, try to rally a community around you and whether that's the seat community or whether that's the bodybuilding community <laughs> or, or whether that's, you know, a particular food type or an ethical way of producing the food that you're producing uh, a group, you know, who, who, where are your, where are your uh, um, silos, you know, where, where are your tribe? And, and, and then I would, I would personally tailor the message to that tribe. This is, this is our ethics. Yeah. Is it gonna do? Have you seen the story of Oatly? Have you seen seen that brand Oatly? 
O A T L E. Have you seen it? I have heard of the brand, but I don't know their story behind it. Oh, so okay. we'll search it up. Yeah, it's a it's a it's a really interesting story. Um, and I'm I am dyslexic, so I might have just spelled it wrong. Oh, oh well, yeah, uh, they're the guys who well they make uh, dairy free milk. Yes, and they had this whole philosophy about how you know milk was bad for the environment, and then they're going to they're going to be ethical, right? Okay, and, and and a lot of people bought into it. Apologies, Simon, you've cut off there. Oh, okay. Can you hear me now? Can you hear me? I can hear you. Yeah, I think uh, Mark, can you hear me? I think your your signal must be bad. Can you hear me? Keep uh, going. Other people. Yes, it yeah. is cutting off a little bit. I think it's probably from my side. Oh, don't worry. Anyway, um, so uh, anyway, Google the Oatly story because um, they had a yeah, really I can hear you now, Simon. They had a really good ethical uh, element to their business, which was about you know how how we 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 shouldn't be consuming cow's milk uh, for lots of reasons, and then they they developed this oatmeal brand. They did really well. And then they got investors, uh, and I, I won't name them because I could get sued. But those those investors are investing in all sorts of big um, companies that are not doing ethical things, mm -hmm. right? So suddenly, you know, this Oatly brand does well, fighting that it's doing things ethically. It gets an investor that isn't doing things ethically. It's taking the profit from this brand and giving it to companies that aren't doing things ethically. So they got into a, they, they got a massive backlash about it, right? So. So just you know, just keep an eye on that piece because I can tell that you have ethics. I don't think it'll be your problem that you go off the rail. Just just be really conscious of the moral code of, of the debt that you take on board. And if you can avoid debt, I you know, Carol and I are on the same page on this. I know. Try to avoid debt. If you can grow it organically, you know, your business will feel more organic and you will do better and you'll enjoy it more. Um, but I know uh, I'll look at the deck. I'll, I'll give you some pointers on that. I, I definitely, um, you know, I'm happy to you know, add me on Angel List and and, and help you, you know, get some connections there. Uh, I think Kickstarter's worth considering. Look at Indiegogo too. Have you looked at Indiegogo? Well, maybe can you hear me or not? I think the, anyway. I'm not sure if you can. Yes, hear me. I have. I have. You have. That okay. looks interesting. Yeah. Okay. So you know, just spread. I your... think the internet's gone a bit poor on my side, so it is cutting off a little bit. Yeah. I think I think the one uh, percent are listening in, and like, he's talking about Oatly. Let's stop the Wi-Fi from working. Um, but, uh, <laughs> I love conspiracy theories. They're like, oh no, he's letting people know the truth. So uh, anyway, um, is that you had a second question very quickly because we are running out of time. I'm very conscious of Caroline's time because I know she's very busy. Uh, Caroline, don't feel you have to stay. I know you're very busy. If you got a few more minutes. I've got two more minutes. Okay, go, go ahead, Maman. You had another question for us. Go ahead. Have you, can you hear me? Testing, one, two, three. Can you hear me? I do love technology. I love it. I'm going to say I'm good at technology. It's not me. That's Hello? Not good. Oh, okay. Apologies for my internet. It is really bad. So I blame BT. The other question I had is from the marketing side of things. Sure. Go ahead, what's your question? I feel like we could be talking to a man on the moon right now. Just give that signal coming from the moon. Okay. Would be Can go ahead, go ahead on the marketing question. Yeah, I think my internet's not gonna cope today now. Okay, ask us the question. We can hear you. Okay, we, we lost him. Caroline, thank you for taking the time to stay on there. That was very generous of you. I know how busy you are. I am. Um, I'm. I'm excited. We're doing another event together next week. That, uh, I know, aren't we? We're doing the Thousand Suns Summit. Thousand Yeah. So, so um, actually, I know they've got a few tickets left. So I'll put the links in the broadcast as well. Okay, so if people want to uh, uh, connect with you, they can uh, or me. Uh, we'll be at that event next week. Uh, I'll be pranayama. I'll be teaching breath. Oh, perfect. Okay, I, I, I must personally sign up for that as well. Yeah. Oh, good. Well, I'll 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 probably see you in the uh, digital corridors then. Um, yeah. I miss I miss events where you 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 know you actually go to these events and and you 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 see people. But I'm sure there'll be some digital place that we'll be able to connect with. But uh, but I'll see you next week. But thanks for coming on the podcast again. Absolutely. You're so generous, Simon. I love you for it. Thank you. Oh, I, I have you back anytime you've got ten minutes. <laughs> Anytime, you know, and so I'm always, I know I'm always pinging you, like, come on, and you're so busy, but you're so generously giving up your time today, which I appreciate. And if no, you ever, I love you for it. Thank you. You're awesome. Well, <laughs> take care and uh, keep sending me your amazing newsletters, by the way. Folks, you must sign up.
Carolyn's amazing newsletters. I, I get that inspiration in my inbox every week. I read it from top to bottom. And every, everyone must sign up to your website because it's inspiration in your inbox right there. Thanks for it's coming. Going there. Thank you. There you go, folks. That's our podcast for today. Um, isn't Carolyn amazing? Don't, do you feel her energy? Is it is it just is it just me? Um, tell me in the comments what you think. I just there's just something amazing about her. I just she's just awesome. Her honesty, her insights, her knowledge, her brain power. It's just all combined into this awesome individual. Do sign up to her newsletter, folks. Um, I really recommend it. It's uh, every single week. I just I learn something new, and click through to something interesting. And um, it's it's you know it's not. It's, it's worth your time. That's what I'm going to say. If you're an entrepreneur that wants inspiration, it's, it, it'll, it'll make you feel calm about the whole process. If you're struggling right now in business, you know, take half an hour out and go listen to one of her talks and you'll feel calm about it all. So, guys, thanks for joining today. I, uh, I have a couple of great podcasts coming up. We have, I uh, mentioned earlier in the podcast today, uh, Jeff Lynn, the founder of Cedars, the most active early stage investment platform in, in Europe. Uh, he, he shares his story, how he started how he solved his own problem by raising money. And I've, I've also, of course, got uh, Rick Goldsmith, who started a health drink brand called Muji. He talks about how he became the market leader in the last, in just five years. He built a brand that everyone told him wasn't possible to build. Everyone told him the flavor of the drink wasn't gonna work. And he became the market leader in, in health shop drinks. So uh, listen to Rick's Goldsmith story, again, inspiring. He's a, he's a young guy with an incredible story, did it all without debt. Uh, so I'm always into stories that talk about things like that. So guys, thank you for joining us today. Thanks for giving us an hour. We know you have lots of podcasts you could be listening to and you take time out to listen to ours. So we feel incredibly lucky. See you guys.